Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to In The Can Podcast, Episode 3, which is part of the Barnburner Podcast Network, where we'll be discussing movies, or as the snooty assholes the world like to call them, films. This is The Chief, and I'm joined by one of my uh, favorite movie-going colleagues, movie connoisseur, and uh, fellow cinemaphile, and that is Katie. Katie, how are you doing today? What's up? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Well, good. We're happy for you to join the show. Um, I, I look forward to having a bunch of friends on to discuss movies. Uh, today, Katie and I are talking 2017's I, Tonya. Uh, so I'll give you a quick plot description. Uh, it's finally here. Maybe the greatest ice skating movie of all time because there's no competition. Uh, it is about a famous incident in sports that was immediately overshadowed by the O.J. Simpson incident. And uh, Margot Robbie plays Olympic ice skater and white trashy Tonya Harding in a sort of biopic about her rise, her sociopathic mother, and the scandal surrounding her bashing uh, fellow ice skater Nancy Kerrigan's knee. Um, so if you ever wanted to watch Margot Robbie wear a fat suit and be abused for two hours, then boy, this is the movie for you. Um, the movie opens with a message to the audience, a quote, based on irony-free, wildly contradictory, totally true interviews with Tanya Harding and Jeff Galuli. Um, so what were your first thoughts about this movie was going to be when you first saw it advertised? Well, I knew very little about the whole scandal besides like references in pop culture. So I'm sure that I'd seen like a family guy reference or something of that nature that I went down a rabbit hole and figured out the whole Tanya Harding scandal. But beyond that, I knew nothing about her background or her history or really where she came from, which was really what the story was mostly about. So I was pretty um, new to the, the subject matter going into it. Yeah. Same here. I didn't know anything about what happened. Uh, I probably missed a lot of like family guy references, like Stewie being like, remember the time this happened, you know, and then yeah. just cut back over to that typical. Um, but I mean, I did see that it seemed kind of be like a dark comedy, kind of like a, 
in the same vein as like a fight club or something based on the previews. There's a lot of like talking to the camera and it kind of moved in like a fast documentary, like Goodfellas type style and pace. But I wasn't like super pumped, to be honest, because I didn't care about the subject matter. It wasn't something I was like versed in or like I'm not a big uh, this may surprise you, Katie, but I'm not a huge ice skating guy. I'm very surprised by that because I could have uh, sworn that you at least talked about that two or three times during like drunken college nights about how much you loved ice skating. But yeah, that, well, that was just the booze talking, you know, I mean, oh, okay. I, I would, maybe I was just trying to impress everyone about sort of my knowledge of different type stuff. But <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's a whole different story. Um, so I, Tonya is directed by a guy named Craig Gillespie, who is a, he's an Australian dude. Uh, he's directed a movie called Lars and the Real Girl, which is about a dude who starts to date his sex doll. Um, now there are no sex dolls in this movie, FYI. Uh, and you know, I don't, that, that might cause you to not want to see it. I understand. Like maybe you're a big sex doll person, but, uh, there's no move, no sex dolls in, uh, in this movie, but that's a, a decent movie to check out. Lars and the real girl. Uh, and it is written by a dude named Steve Rogers, which is also named Captain America, uh, a very American name. And this dude wrote uh, PS. I love you. Have you seen that? I'm not sure. All of those like uh, chick flicky movies all kind of run together in my mind. I might have. Who's in it? I think it has uh, Gerard Butler in it. I think that's the one where he plays the lead like right after 300. Yeah, maybe. I really have no idea. Obviously, it wasn't very memorable if I didn't see it. Right. So this guy's written like a bunch of like kind of weird Lifetime movies, like rom-coms like that. And then he turns in this really witty script. And actually, the script sat on the, the 2016 screenplay Blacklist. Which, for those that don't know, it's basically like a, all the scripts that get turned in that don't get made. Um, it's basically a who's who of all the good scripts that just didn't get made. And so a lot of times, like, they'll sit on it for years, and then uh, some producers will go find them on there. So apparently the screenplay was liked. It just wasn't made when it was written. Um, so that was, a, that was something I found interesting, too. So first up, uh, we're going to start with In the Can's patented one-sentence, no-conjunction review uh, of Atonia. Katie, what do you got? I would say surprisingly touching and hilarious. That's good. Uh, Mine's similar. I went, I laughed, I cringed, and people acted good. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So, so what are your thoughts on the way this movie was presented with like the, so the three different timelines with like the present day interviews of the main characters and kind of the documentary style narration? So, like, I realize more and more all the time that I really dig a documentary style movie and because probably because i really like documentaries and i'm kind of a nerd about that i really like the obviously it was all simultaneously going through the same storyline but seeing it from three different characters perspectives and also because they were kind of like competing characters all of their stories were a little bit different and you never really knew which one was the most truthful probably somewhere in the middle but i really enjoyed the format of the movie it kind of kept the story flowing and um it, everyone acted really well, like you said. I liked it. I liked the the layout of the film. Yeah, that's a good point with the sto- with the three different perspectives too. Like it kind of gives you that, like you said, the truth is probably not none of the stories, but it's probably a combination of everyone. And it did keep it interesting. Uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of this style of movies. I I feel like it's it's I feel like it would be better for a TV show like The Office, for instance, or Parks and Rec. But when when I'm only got two hours in which to learn a plot and get to know characters. It jumping around makes it very hard for me to like keep up with everything. Um, but you know, hell, I mean, it, it was entertaining too. So it wasn't like necessarily hard to follow. What about breaking the fourth wall? What do you, when, when, so breaking the fourth wall is when a character in a movie talks to the audience, like literally looks right at the camera and then addresses the audience. Like they're aware 
that they're in a movie. What do you, what do you think about that? So there's one very distinct scene of when Margot Robbie is talking directly to the audience about how she'd become basically that Tanya Harding had become the laughing stock and joke of so many people, but it was like her life. And I actually was like, Oh shit, I feel bad for even like being here watching this because I've been laughing at her the whole time. Like it really did like make you feel a little bit shitty for having made fun of Tanya Harding for as long as like America has. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. They they did drop that line in the movie well after you'd laughed at her for in her yeah. story for hours. I was like, yeah. oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I like looked around like and I was like, oh shit, did y'all did y'all get called out too? And like I felt yeah. like she was talking right to me. It's like she's uh, looking and, you right in the eyes and you don't want to like look back. You're like, oh God, I suck. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh and then there was like the the scene where she's bashing, you know, that has that um like she's one of the stories where she's bashing Kerrigan and they like dramatize the violence. And she looks up at the camera with like this bloodthirsty, like, you know, look in her eye. And that was funny. And then there's the, uh, yeah, there was a lot of, I thought she looked a little bit too much like Harley Quinn in that scene though. I was like, that looks like it should be in a different movie than, than this one. It did call back to that for sure. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it it had its funny moments and and that worked for this style of movie for her to address the audience like that. And I like the the parts, you know, when she's like shooting the shotgun and, uh, and she's like, this never happened while she's doing it. That that was a kind of a, that was kind of a funny way to call back. Like the way that there's, you know, conflicting stories here. Like no one knows the truth necessarily. Yeah. I, I liked that too. Okay, so we're going to move on to uh, Margot Robbie's performance. So she plays the the titular Tanya Harding in the movie. Uh, Margot Robbie is Australian. She can kind of came onto the Hollywood scene in Wolf of Wall Street, playing the uh, the mistress and, and then eventual wife of uh, DiCaprio in that movie. Um, so what do you? So how do you feel about Margot Robbie in uh, this movie as Tanya Harding? I thought that she did a great job. I thought that. Um they did a good job of trying to make her look ugly, but uh, it still wasn't 100% believable of seeing like Margot Robbie, Robbie as like the ugly duckling in like any type of situation. But I thought that she did a fantastic job. Yeah, she, she was, uh, she was really good. Uh, she continues to surprise me. Uh, every, every role she's in, she just like really steps up and is a little bit better each time. And um, I, I mean, I, when she came onto the scene, I, I thought she was going to be another pretty face in a lot of these movies playing like that kind of character. Yeah. But, but then, you know, like I, I didn't realize she was Australian after I saw Wolf of Wall Street. It's like yeah. that was how convincing she was. It's kind of like a Jersey type person. Uh, and this and, character had like a lot of depth and she I just thought that she portrayed her really, really well in a bunch of different scenarios of like her getting the shit beat out of her and her getting her like finding out that her mom is a piece of shit consistently throughout her life. And. I just thought that, um, but also it was funny when she needed to be funny. Like it was, it was just really well done. Yeah, it was. She had, like you said, she had to convey a ton of different emotions. Like she, there were some comedic scenes and there was like some seriously dramatic scenes. And um, yeah, I mean, she nailed all of it pretty pitch perfect. Honestly, I I was a little distracted because she doesn't, I mean, she plays like a 15 year old at one point and they just like throw braces on her and a short haircut. And I'm just like, I don't really buy that. And like, I'm not, you know, cast someone else for that part. I remember sitting in the audience being like, I definitely did not look like that when I was 15. Right. (laughs) Yeah. There's no way in hell. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, and so that kind of took me out of it for that split second, but you know, whatever, like that's not the end of the world. So she practiced her skating for like three months leading up to the shoot. Um, but like there were a couple times where, you know, she was doing the crazy ass skating things that I know they like had to have CGI'd her face on. Oh yeah. 100%. Yes. 
And that was also distracting to me. Like I, anytime I like, there's a CGI face, like and <laughs> you can tell, like, you're just like, yeah. dude, it looks like everything looks real, but then it looks like Woody from toy stories, like randomly there ice skate. It just, it feels weird. I feel but like I guess those, they are had the, to those are the type of things when we watched movies like this 20 years from now that like our kids are going to be like, I can't believe you watched this shit. Cause it looks so fake. Yeah. That's like, a great point. We're like, yeah, it, it looked fake then too. We all knew it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even then we were like, let this nah. look the best. Yeah. Uh, so she, she is nominated for best actress in the Academy Awards, uh, along with Francis McDormand for three billboards and Cersei Roman uh, for Lady Bird and Sally Hawkins and Shape of Water and Meryl Streep from the post. So pretty solid lineup there. Yeah. Um, I, like I, real I solid. It's a solid lineup. I don't think she's going to win, but I think just getting nominated with all of the great female performances this year was probably uh, just a big enough nod in and of itself. Yeah. People forget the nom itself is like a huge nod. And I mean, yeah. that kind of validates you as a performer, as a performer. And then hopefully going forward, she continues to take roles like this, that, that kind of defy what, you know, the kind of actress she could be. So yeah. I, I look forward to She's definitely one to watch. Like I really look forward to her going forward and hopefully yeah. she keeps to take these really like risky roles. Agreed. Um, yeah, so, I think um, she's great, uh, and I have like nothing negative to say about it, other than the fact that she might have been a little too pretty. Like, still, yeah. to, despite, despite the fact they tried to make her, um, you know, unattractive. Honestly, I think like a Meryl, a young Meryl Streep, like would have been a good type pick for this. Um, are you saying that a, a young Meryl Streep was ugly? Are you one of those people? No, I'm not. I'm actually like I'm <laughs> a huge. I know you're, you you got to call my ass out. I'm actually a huge <laughs> Meryl Streep guy. Like, so yeah. I have I have pretty unconventional attract. So I think uh, Hillary Swank's hot. Like, and a lot of people don't think so. You like so, some million dollar baby action? Yeah, particularly in that movie, I thought she was like super hot. And you know, if you if any of you gals out there listening or or boxing, <laughs> I was in just the thinking gym, like uh, the really yeah. fucked up thing. You probably liked her more like paraplegic version oh come that movie, on right? man that's so non-pc <laughs> <I know. laughs> sorry yeah yeah I, I, spoiler alert she does become a paraplegic in that movie Damn. but i like if her I'm, pre if I'm just, paraplegic <laughs> <laughs> if i'm just ruining million dollar baby for anybody right now in 2018 then i'm sorry yeah but. you deserve that dude. If you haven't seen that movie yet you deserve that spoiler just then definitely um so just <laughs> moving on <laughs> Uh, moving on to uh, Alice and Janney's performance. And she, so she plays uh, Tanya Harding's real-life mom, uh, Lavana Harding. Um, and it's some backstory. She's apparently good friends. Alice and Janney, the actress, is apparently good friends. <laughs> no, Lavana Harding is good she, friends. With- she could be. <laughs> I, like, I, I don't know that that's not true. Uh, but I know that Alice and Janney is good friends with the screenwriter, Steve Rogers, and that he actually wrote this role with her in mind. Um, so my question to lead off with is someone writes a role like this for you. Are you a secret asshole and they're trying to subtly tell you that? I think no, because I like Allison Janney too much to think of her as an asshole, but it could possibly be. My biased opinion is that there's no way that she's an asshole. She's just too cool. Yeah, she is cool. What do you think about her as LaVonna Hart? I thought that she was awesome. Like, I wasn't surprised when she won the Golden Globe for this performance. I don't know necessarily if her character had really she was like very even toned throughout the entire thing like she was a big bitch the entire movie so she didn't have to really do the whole range of emotion thing but she was really dialed in to being a really shitty mom and um that very specific character the entire time did a great job doing it she was the funniest character or one of the funniest characters in the whole movie yeah this movie is very funny uh like underrated funny movie very much a dark comedy um, and I agree. She was great. She 
didn't really have an arc though. Like he's like you kind of yeah. uh, touched on, like she, she kind of just was the same character throughout. And so, like you said, she didn't have to do different things. She basically got to dial in on being a bitch. And that was, I mean, that worked for the character. This is the kind of role that like, you know, it comes out every year. There's always some role that you're like, this is going to win everything just because it's almost like queued up to, to win everything. Like it's just too yeah. good of a juicy part and good juicy dialogue to where like you just lo- can lose it. Um, like it like was a, written you, for her. It was literally like it was written for her. I wonder, it, I wonder why one, she did you know, such it's a great like, job. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's almost like that. So, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like DiCaprio in, uh, in uh, that, oh man, The Revenant. Yeah. Like yeah. it was like that was a, a role that I was like, okay, this is when he's going to win finally, just because like. But don't even those... get don't even get me started down that revenant rabbit hole of. Oh no, no, shit. we can't. Yeah, we can't go down <laughs> down the literal rabbit hole of shit. Uh, yeah, which, yeah, a lot, a lot of, a lot of poop in that movie. Yeah, um, so much. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so Janie was great. She was funny. She was. Um, there was a, a part towards the end of the movie, and by the way, spoilers. I should have spoiler alerted y'all at the beginning. But if you're listening to a damn movie podcast, just understand we're going to talk plot. Um, she shows up at the end of the movie and you think she's kind of turned a new leaf. I uh, think she's going to finally like come to terms with her daughter and be finally like a good mom. But instead we find out she had a tape recorder in her pocket and she's actually been trying to record a confession to probably sell to the FBI or somehow get famous off of. So it's just, I mean, just a terrible, terrible mom and character. Um, but you know, you kind of get a sense of the fact that like abuse begats abuse, you know, mm-hmm. Definitely. And like to a certain, the mom says this in similar terms, like that was kind of what made her great. Tanya great was her mom pushing her and being an asshole to her for her entire life. So it's kind of one wouldn't have come without the other. So do we think, does the ends justify the means here? I would say given the end result for Tanya Harding, no, but no one would be talking about her now if it wasn't for it. We'd have to talk to Tanya about it. Should we call her or something? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm going to reach out to her on Twitter and then say, I got this really famous uh, movie podcast. You need to come on. And, and yeah. she, I'd be surprised. I'd be shocked if she didn't accept. I bet you would just have to pay her a little bit of money and she'd be good to go. <laughs> I think She'll if I be- bought her like a Happy Meal or like a McDouble from McDonald's, she might be good to go based on See, where she is at, now. Even though Margot Robbie made us feel like shit for laughing at Tanya Harding, we're making fun of her right now. So, I mean, obviously it didn't stick stick that hard with us. Well, we're, but we're snooty assholes, Katie. Oh, that is right. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're, we'll relentlessly make fun of whoever and never feel bad about it. True. Very true. Uh, so, yeah. So, so I, I, I think she, she's Best Supporting Actress nominated. Uh, Allison Janney is. I think she wins. Like, she won the Golden Globe. That's usually kind of a predictor. And the, the supporting actresses are not as good. Um, I, 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 Laurie Metcalf and Lady Bird playing the, uh, the mother um, is, was fantastic. I, that's who I would actually like to see win. Cause I feel like that was more of a, a complicated role. Yeah. Uh, of the two mothers, she definitely was a more dynamic character. Right. But this is, this one's just, this one's just on, it's just, it's just teed up to win. So yeah. I'd, I'd be shocked if she didn't win. Um, but it, all, overall very entertaining, very good. And really just the kind of character that Allison Janney has become accustomed to performing. Yeah. She's one of my favorites. I'm a fan from, like watching the West wing with my parents when I was a little kid. So I'm rooting for her for sure. Yeah. She was good. I won't be mad if she wins. So what, what, how do you feel about Sebastian Stan who plays uh, husband, Jeff Galuli Harding's ex-husband and sort of, you know, one of the main uh, cogs in this whole plot to hit, hit old Kerrigan's knee. what do you, how'd you feel about Sebastian Stan? Well, I thought that he did a great job. 
I feel like I'm repeating myself for everybody, but I hated his character, obviously, because he was just an abusive turd the entire time. And his, most of the scenes that he were in, he was in was really hard to watch because the abuse in this movie is just, like, brutal. And by the end of it, I was like, all right, I'm tired of seeing Sebastian just beat the shit out of Margot this entire movie. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And we'll maybe get to that a little more later, but like, so he, he you know, he's a, he, I like it when heartthrob type dudes play weird, quirky, nerdy characters. Like yeah. he's like considered, you know, he's in the Marvel movies. He plays uh, uh, the winter soldier in the Marvel movies. And he's just considered like heartthrob these days. And, and so, but then, you know, he kind of like, he grows out a mustache and like he puts on this goofy Midwestern accent. And, um, and he was also really funny. Like I, yeah. everyone in this, and maybe it was just the writing, but like, Everyone was good. I, I think you're seeing a trend of us saying everyone's good. It's because everyone was. And there, there's not a weak link um, actor-wise un, amongst the roles, which is a rarity. Usually you can kind of point to someone and be like, no, nah, they didn't. Not met. their best. Right. Yeah. Um, no. So, yeah, he was like, he, he was he was, he was was funny. Um, he was all like when he, when it was just the solo interviews of him, he appeared to be like really nerdy. And you wondered if like, how could this guy have ever done anything like this? Like, that's what I wondered, like. This this guy's kind of a chicken shit. He's like a little, you know, he's 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 scared really. I think of of being like a quote unquote man. Like he didn't yeah. strike me he as was like, like a man, dude. Yeah, he was like timid and skittish when in all of the interviews. But according to Tanya's side of things, that didn't really seem to be the case. Right, uh, and maybe that was just the whole act he was putting on. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Definitely an interesting character. I did all. I I thought that there courtship was one of the funniest parts of the movie just how like awkward and nerdy like you said both of them were with each other it was the mom going on the date and everything it was that was a fun part of the movie yeah and then and tanya fixes his car like she whatever replaces the alternator whatever she does but he can't figure it out and she just gets in there and the little those little character elements uh, where the characters do things and don't talk about it like that describe who they are are really just really good uh well-written scenes yeah, definitely. Um, so who gets, so we just been raving about the acting in this movie. So who do you think gets the most buckets in this movie? Just absolutely crushes it to the point where like if they were taken out of the movie, it just wouldn't be the same. I'm going to do the obvious thing and go with Margot. I think that's a good choice. That's what I went as well. I think she's the most transformative in this movie. I, I mean, her or maybe Sebastian Stan. I mean, obviously none of them are like these characters, but she hopefully not shit. I hope that uh, Alice and Janie ain't like this mom. Yeah, but I, but it's interesting that we both picked the person that we don't think is going to win the Oscar for the movie. But I think that points to the fact that there's a lot of really good actors that could have done Alice and Janney's role and done a very similar job just because her character didn't have much of a – she was a constant throughout the whole thing. But I think that Margot was, like, the most, uh, like, dynamic, well-rounded character in the entire thing and did the best, had the best performance. Yeah, I agree. I think if you, if you take her out, um, it's just not the same movie. I think you can kind of sub in maybe other people. Yeah, but I, can't think of any, I can't think of anyone else that could have played her character. And that, that's when, when you can't imagine uh, someone else in that in the same shoes. Like, that's when you know that, that they were just you know, unreplaceable. Yeah. Uh, so, that, yeah, I agree. Uh, Margaret was fantastic. I, I, like I said, I hope she keeps on this uh, career trajectory and keeps uh, acting in these, these great roles. Okay, well, now how about the uh, the sixth man or woman award? Um, so the, 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 this award is given to the character who makes the most of their role with limited screen time. I, I have I, a feeling I know who we're going with. with I think this. that we're probably going to go with the same character for this as well. And that is 
Sean. I agree. The bodyguard, best buddy of Jeff, and definitely the sixth man of this movie. For sure. He just comes off the bench and just fucking gets buckets the whole time he, he's on the he screen. He kills it. Every he time every time he was in a scene, it was hilarious. It was in, in an already funny movie where you're kind of laughing and then you're you're also like kind of you know mad that you're laughing at some of this stuff. That's kind of dark comedy's <laughs> MO. Yeah. That you're like, eh, I shouldn't laugh at necessarily this, but it's kind of funny. Um, but he every time he's on screen, I was laughing. And it, so this guy, the actor's name is Paul Walker Hoster. Didn't know him at all. Uh, and there's a reason because he's pretty much only done TV up to this point. He was in Always Sunny as a cameo role. He's in a show called Kingdom. It's like a gangland type cop show uh, on FX or at one of the networks. And so, yeah, we just really hadn't seen him in anything, but he just stole the show. I mean, great comedic chops. Every time he wasn't on screen, I found myself like kind of wishing he was there, you know, in the scene. Yeah. Um, so that sounds like he kind of felt the same way. Yeah, definitely agree with everything you said. He was phenomenal. Random question. How much food do we think he ate? Because he's stuffing the face the whole time. So imagine how much food he ate when trying to get these scenes, like, like how many takes? takes they had. I bet he yeah. probably put packed on like a, at least 10 pounds in just the food he ate during filming. Right. I mean, like he's just crushing chicken wings. And I mean, there's no way they got all these scenes in, on the first take. <laughs> I was just thinking of the crushing chicken wings at the nasty Midwestern titty bar scenes that were <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> awful. Oh, there's like in the background, the there's most, this like fat stripper dancing. Oh, the most man. grotesque strippers you've ever seen. It's just like the most depressing during the middle of the day, like the worst type of strip situation you've ever seen in a film. Oh man. Yeah. That, that's a, <laughs> that, definitely a top three strip scene on, on in cinema. Is, yeah. uh, or the, and, and there's these serious dialogue scenes and like plot exposition delivered while there's this like really ugly stripper in the background which kind of like if anything that defines this movie right like just that sentence yeah <laughs> yeah it really does I, I feel like this guy will always be the funny fat guy in movies from now on um, yeah. but i hope yeah. i hope that he drops like 150 pounds and turns in some like oscar-winning performance as like a like a third world country missionary or something i'd really like but, to see him in that role but do you because a lot of times when these funny fat guys lose the fat they just kind of lose everything they lose their pizzazz and all of all of what makes them them. Uh, yeah, I, I, it, it's that's like true. no one likes skinny Jonah Hill. Well, that's because skinny Jonah Hill's an asshole. Like he, yeah. he's he's like he becomes like a like snooty. I just got nominated for an Oscar, Jonah Hill. Yeah, we don't want that to happen to Paul Wal- Walter Hauser. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Let, let's keep uh, <laughs> let's keep P P W H. You know, right there in the uh, the obese club. Yeah. Uh, you know, despite unless, the fact that it's probably unhealthy. I was, I was about to say, unless he's having some kind of like cholesterol or blood pressure problems, then like you live your best life and drop yeah. some LBs. Yeah, right. Yeah. Paul, if you if you are <laughs> listening, uh, uh, if uh, if you're healthy, can maintain your weight presently. Um, <laughs> if you're if you're unhealthy, then, um, you know, hit the exercise bike, buddy. But here I'm on. I'm team Paul. I'm team Paul. I, I am whatever too. you want to do, bro. Uh, so at, normally now would be time to award the Leonardo DiCaprio overacting award where we champion one key actor that really escalated his or her performance by screaming, yelling, crying, slobbering a lot. But I don't, I, I didn't have, I didn't really have anyone that, that overacted in this movie. Did you? Yeah, I don't have, I couldn't think of anybody for this award. Yeah. Uh, which is, which is a, a sign of a really well-made movie where everyone just did exactly as much as they needed to. And it fit the tone and. Uh, and it really just like it, everything served the plot instead of, you know, having someone just scream and yell and drool. No one was self-serving with their performance. Agreed. 
Um, so moving on to what I like to call the ISO place. This is a single greatest acted scene by a performer. Just one scene that really stood out to you where someone just, you, you gave them the ball in the low post and they made something happen. I'm going to go with the breaking the fourth plane face-to-face Margot Robbie. It made me feel things. And uh, she wins that award. She that just is. like McHale the shit out of it. And, you know, <laughs> She did. Uh, that's that's good. Uh, well, so you're, you're referring to the scene where she says, like, that she became a joke and, yeah. and, and re- almost self-referenced the audience yeah, that we did talk yeah. about earlier. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. I didn't think about that one. Um, so mine was also Margot Robbie's shocking. Uh, it was before she goes out on her se- second Olympic skate and she's putting her makeup on. Uh, and yeah. it's just like oh. the, the camera is like the, the mirror, basically. This, so it's yeah. right in her face. And, and so she's, she's all this drama has taken place. Like she's basically a laughing stock of the Olympics. Um, the, the knee incident's already happened. So everyone thinks she did it. Uh, so it's like a very weird, it's, it's a very like honorable thing she's about to do, but also like everyone hates her. So she's like putting her makeup on for the performance and she's like trying to get in character, like getting ready to smile, but she's also crying. So it's like, she's like, she starts crying then she has to fight back the tears and then smile again. And, uh, and apparently from what I've read about that scene, like they didn't like, there was no writing for that scene. Like she just, they just put the camera in front of her and said like, all right, you're preparing to go out there. Like do what, you know, do what you think Tony would do. And so she yeah. just like, she improv all that. She and, did. I'm thinking about that. She killed that scene. That was yeah. great. Yeah. I thought that was like, I think that was the linchpin of her performance. Like it was exactly, if you could only watch one scene from the movie, uh, about Tanya, that, that would be it. But your, yours is more funny and entertaining. So you, you made a good pick too. Yeah. I also liked the scene when she told the judges to suck her dick. That was one of my favorites out <laughs> of the awesome. entire film as well. That wasn't such a, such a Tanya move and, and you know, yeah. set the tone for how, you know, how her character was just didn't take yeah. shit from no one. Well, apparently that like the real life Tanya Harding, that was her favorite line in the entire movie. Yeah. I saw that. Uh, that, that makes sense. So, <laughs> so she's, she's that, a classy lady. I like her. <laughs> She is, uh, but you know, like, what does that even mean? You know, like I, I, she was, she was exactly how she was raised and you can't really fault someone for that. She's a product of environment. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so is this the goat, the greatest of all time ice skating movie? Yes. Yeah. I have have seen no other ice skating movie. So it's your favorite ice skating movie. You have to say it is my absolute favorite. (laughs) So I legit Google. There's not even, there's not even a close second. Yeah, that's so far, far and away, like front <laughs> yeah. runner. Yeah, I, so I googled ice skating movies, uh, and there were um, eleven that showed up, which made me laugh because I was like, what? "There was eleven? Like, why is there 11? And uh, so the first two were Disney's two thousand five hit Ice Princess. Remember that one? Oh, classic. Yeah, yeah, really, just uh, often compared to Casablanca in terms of uh, its, you know, its its contributions to film. Yeah. And then the second was Will Ferrell's Blades of Glory. Did you see that oh, one? Oh, shit. I did see that movie. Oh, so you that freaking be- liar then. Yeah. You, I, you, I you, completely you lie. forgot about it. I'm, yeah. I'm a liar. But that so, movie, that's a stupid movie. It's funny in the sense that it's ridiculous. So that would be my second place one since that is the second uh, ice skating movie that I've seen. Right. I, I got to agree with you. I, I go, I tone you then right, right underneath there, Blades <laughs> of Glory, you know, just a close second on the heels. And nipping uh, at and, the skates. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Nipping at the skates as, <laughs> as they say. Uh, <laughs> so what about, um, what about the soundtrack hits from this, from this, uh, from this, what about the soundtrack? What do you, how do you feel about it? Honestly, thinking back on the movie, I can't 
it didn't stand out to me. Like, I, we saw this movie, what was it, like a month ago now, probably? Yeah, a couple weeks. And I, there, nothing, I can't remember it, really. I think it was all of the cool songs that go with the times of what was happening, but there wasn't, like, a single moment that was like, oh, that really helped the plot. Right. Uh, yeah, you can so disagree I, with so, me. You probably no, well, pay more like attention di- to music than me. What about like, dislike, or neutral? Where do you come down? Do you just, like, would, are you neutral on it because you just don't really remember it? I would say neutral. Okay. I, I did like it, I disliked only because it was distracting. So the music is, and I, I, I Googled the soundtrack too, cause I kind of was similar to you. And then I remember once I read the track, so it's a bunch of like music from the era. It's a bunch of like, you know, pop hits or like rock hits from the eighties and the early nineties. Um, and so I'm not a big fan of, of movies that play famous songs like from that era uh, to make me feel a certain way. So like, like suicide squad did that a lot. And Forrest yeah. Gump does that a lot too. Like, you know, they'll play like Jefferson Airplane. You'd be like, oh, Jefferson Airplane. I must be in the 60s. There's it's no like, shit I like worse than like a movie with Vietnam in it playing like all of the protest songs from Vietnam. Like oh that shit God. pisses me off. Uh, no. Like it, it, it is such a thing that happens in a film. I'm like, okay, I get it. Now that this song's playing, I know exactly where you're wanting me to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just, just how, how about, here's a novel idea. Make me feel that way by the actors yeah. and, you know, and setting the tone. Don't like play a song to make, do I, I, yeah, it's like one of my pet peeves. So like, uh, I, I, I feel like music should only be in there when it serves the story. Like the one part where it worked was Tanya, when she skated, she often played like eighties hair metal, like Def Leppard or something. And, yeah. and, and it was like contrasting to the, you know, the ice princessy type, like ballerina opera playing that most people use. But it was her character that was within yeah. and served pro- as part of the story. To a certain extent, that was probably like historically accurate as well. So it's right. not like they were just like, that's what she did. So they did that. But for the other parts of the movie, they were just trying to make us be like, remember, we're in the 80s right now. Yeah, remember? <laughs> yeah, we're in the 80s. Like, it's oh, the cars. And, you know, all the people dressed like that, that didn't make me feel like that. I needed fucking, like, you know, like uh, Guns N' Roses to play. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, the 80s. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Now, now, now I know where I am. So, uh, yeah. So dislike is, is what I come down on that for that for those reasons. Now that we've talked about it, I dislike it, too. Well, I'm, I, I would like to say I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty. Uh, I'm able You're to so sway persuasive. people like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what was your what was your uh, least favorite part of the movie? Uh, we'll go back to it got a little too uh, abusive for me. Yeah. But the quote that uh, Lavana says to set the tone to is that the thing about Tanya, uh, Lavana Harding said in an interview was that she skated better when she was enraged. If there was no, she can't do it type of thing. She wouldn't do it. And, uh, and then uh, Tanya says, Nancy gets hit one time and the whole world shits. But for me, it was an all time occurrence. Yeah. And I think that we could have like understood that it was an all time occurrence without having to see it like a lot. I, I I agree. I thought it was a little too rampant and I think it was almost a little bit, I mean, I don't want to be the guy that tries to like read more into it. It was almost a little bit glorified. Uh, it was played for laughs. And I think that's a little tone deaf by the, the, the director. And there was too much lingering on the scenes. Like maybe give me one, like, Oh shit. Like I know domestic violence is bad. You know, like, yeah. I know it's not good. I know it's awful and ugly, but like, I think honestly, like a, a lot of times movies are better about what you don't show. So if they'd shown her, you know, bruised and like maybe kind of the effects of that violence on her, we'd be, it, it's like in Jaws, like you don't see the shark hardly at all. And yeah. that's, it, and that's, that's more compelling um, of a movie because it's like what you don't see is often scarier and, yeah. and often more dramatic and it affects the audience a little bit more. And I feel like in most 
movies where they reference this type of, like, where this type of abuse is part of the plot, they don't show it. So I think that might have been part of what was, like, a little bit off-putting to us was the fact that they showed, like, all of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. true. There was just one too many scenes, you know? Like, just yeah. cut out one or two of them. Like, we get it. You don't have to keep beating a dead ho- or beating a Tanya Harding, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. <laughs> dark joke alert. Dark joke alert. Uh, all right. So, so scenario-based question. If you could replace any character in this movie with Nicolas Cage, male or female, which one would that be and why? I'm going to go with uh, Bobby Cannavale. Wait, which the one was that? Rep- which character was that? He was the reporter that was, like, talking about covering the story. Oh, yeah. So he, was, yeah, that, that, he was, like, just like, sporadically in it, but he was funny. He would have been, like, a contributing character. I feel like if Nick Cage would have been in that role, it would have been just as fu- – probably funnier. And he, It would have escalated weirder. for sure, yeah. yeah. it would have been escalated. <laughs> if, if the have, movie would have won Best Picture had Nick Cage been there in that role. Yeah. 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 But also, I think that he would have been a, a good uh, – Paul Walter Hauser character as well. Yeah. I think he could have gained the weight, kind of method act a little bit. But what so about I go, I'm, I'm going guns blazing, uh, full throttle. I feel like he'd be a great Tanya here. You got to go Tanya. <laughs> so you're going to go Tanya? Yeah, yeah. He, he's a super broad range, Nick Cage. I think you give him a blonde wig and a cigarette, and I think we're talking Oscar nom here. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to picture it. I think that he could probably hit the triple axel on his own right now. I think, yeah, I think, yeah, training. I think Nick Cage for sure. Yeah, so absolutely. We, Man, we've seen we wouldn't be complaining about the CGI issue if he would have been in the role. Yeah, uh, that, that they should be talking to us about casting decisions. Uh, yeah. and, and you know, Hollywood's getting it wrong. But if any Hollywood producers or casting directors are listening to the uh, in the can podcast right now, just hit us up. We'll give you the yeah. right the right actor in the right role where you don't have to CGI someone's face on something. Exactly. Also, just take, like, all... We can just put Nick Cage and other dudes in all of the good female parts in this movie. Like, wh- who needs them? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I didn't want to necessarily say that, but, I'm, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad you said that. I think that'd be a huge step forward for equality. Yeah. I mean, come on. What is it, like 2018? Uh, right. What is it, 2018? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, so, so that's, that, is, uh, that is my pick for the Nicolas Cage switcheroo. We're going to move on to a, a, one of our first. Uh, this is a first time segment here. We've never done this segment before, and and you should be excited that you're going to be the first person to do this segment. Are you excited? I can't contain it. Yeah, I can I'm ready. Hear it, I can hear it in your voice. So this segment is called "True or Not," where I will ask Katie a series of questions related to this movie, and she will guess whether it was true or false, which is not so, in today's nah, parlance. Nah, nah means false. Nah means false. Correct. Yeah, that's Good. that's millennial speak. Oh, you whippersnappers. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and you might, uh, this is a little, some trivia here. So you might, you might already know some of this, um, but um, you still don't know what's coming. You don't know what I'm about to say right now. So I will start. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. The bird on Alice and Janney's shoulder playing Lavana Harding was a puppet. Nah. Correct. Nah. Uh, they had to actually search to find a friendly bird that wouldn't bite her ear though, which I thought was really funny. Huh. Like what's a friendly bird? Like, like how do you know? I don't know whether a bird's. I hate some birds, so I totally yeah. give Allison Janney even more props for dealing with that rodent on her shoulder the right. entire time. Yeah, took some serious, uh, took some serious dedication there. I'd rather have okay. like a cheetah than a bird on my shoulder. That's how how much I dislike birds. Wow, you really dislike birds because that, yeah. that cheetah would Fuck. absolutely bite your jugular, and you'd be dead in like seconds. <laughs> Fuck the birds. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Yeah, I, you know I'm not going. I, I'm a pro bird guy. But yeah, yeah, I respect your opinion. Okay. 
Uh, fuck, <laughs> 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 Hashtag fuck birds. Which leads me to another thing. Go Patriots. Fuck the Eagles. Okay, so I think we're getting to the heart of your bird hatred right now. There we go. Um, I happen. I also have. I like Patriots too. Not not willing to say fuck <laughs> Patriots. But I'm a big Patriot guy. Like in terms of the guys that you know, like started our country and stuff. Yeah. But we kind of owe everything to them. So shout out to the Patriots, the real gonna, Patriots, not the team. Nope, nope. I'm going to edit just shout out to the Patriots that you just said and post it all over social media for tomorrow. <laughs> well, that's fine. Uh, that's fine because everyone will know I'm an actual Patriot guy, not like a Tom Brady Patriot guy. But like a part moving on to <laughs> moving on to uh moving on to a, the second true or not all right margot roby wore a wig in her role as tanya hardy true yeah true true you're two for two right now they even used beer to achieve the crunch permed look apparently nice yeah you're doing well uh the third one alice and janney trained as a figure skater in her teenage years true Correct. True. She was, uh, she was ironically on the way to kind of mimic Tanya Harding's career without, I don't, hopefully without the abuse, uh, to, to maybe do the Olympics, but then she severed her, her Achilles tendon on, I believe a skate, which would be awful. Ugh. And then it ended her career. Yeah. That sounds horrific. Yeah. Um, but that, I, I thought that was very interesting. Uh, so next one, Margot Roby actually learned to change oil and replace spark plugs in her role as the car savvy Tanya Harding. Nah. That's correct. She did not, but that would be some Daniel Day Lewis type shit if she had. Agreed. I don't see her as being about like that method acting life though. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I I don't know whether she is, but but you were right on this one. This is the last one. Are you ready to try to go like uh, undefeated right now? I'm ready. There's a lot of I'm pressure ready. on this one. Hit me with it. All right. Tanya Harding actually said, "Suck my dick" to the judges in competition. Nah. Nah, you're right. You went perfect. But you did I, tell Margo, but you look, you look this one up. So I, I got, yeah, yeah. I, I, so you basically look at the IMDb trivia. <laughs> I did. That's where I pulled all this shit. <laughs> you should have known that I was going to look like. What do you want me to do? You want me to, like, I try to feel like I came up with the method actor one, you know? Yeah. And, the, the, and, I, the and I knew that that wasn't on there. So I said, That's yeah, fine. yeah. Okay. Well, well whatever. Maybe next true or not, I'm going to like, uh, just totally block you from doing that. I feel like that's cheating, but you know, whatever. Yeah. You can feel good about the fact but that you got all of them right. I like looked at it and memorized it. It's like I studied for a test and I passed. So like, I still get golden stars or whatever for getting them right. You get the, you get the, in the can podcast on the barn burners first golden star. Congratulations, Katie. This is huge Thank for you. you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. All, all things, big things moving forward. I'm excited. This is like the only, this is my best accomplishment in a while. So I'm going to tell everyone about it when I go out tonight. Pound sign, fuck birds. Yep. Pound sign, fuck birds. Uh, what are your, so what are your final thoughts and overall score on Itonia? Now we, we score things at one to four barns and you can also set those shits on fire if you want to. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to say my final thoughts are, I highly recommend seeing it, whether that be in the theater or if you wait until it comes out on some streaming device. Um, definitely a must watch. I'm going to give it 3.7 barns. Are they on fire? Yeah, sure. Like that shit. Okay, so 3.7 barns on fire, Katie. Uh, I, so I give it... I thought it was a funny and entertaining romp through some history I didn't know anything about. Um, it made something, you know, like it very entertaining that might not have been to just the general audience. But overall, I think it feels it's a little empty. Uh, I don't know if it necessarily has staying power like a Goodfellas, for instance, 
which it kind of seemed like it was trying to emulate. Um, so I, overall, I give it three barns, and they are not on fire, but I think everyone should see it. It's a really well-made movie, and it's funny, and it's just it's it's just well it's well-made cinema, and well-written. So like I'd highly recommend just seeing it and checking it out for yourself. Word. Now, rewatchability. Uh, how do you feel about this? So we have four options for the barn burner in the cans official rewatchability. One option is, is I would buy the shit on Blu-ray. Another option is I'd rent it on iTunes. Third option is I'd happen to catch it if it came on HBO or Stars. And the fourth option is doubtful I'll ever see it again. Which one do you come so, down on? I would say that I would watch it if it was on HBO or Stars. Or if I was with somebody that hadn't seen it, I would maybe like stream it from a service and, and buy it that way. Like uh, I want people to see it, you know, I'd yeah. watch it again if, if someone else needed to watch it. Okay. So you would, you would, you would go as far as to say you, you would encourage someone else to watch it and you would go so far as to rent it yourself so you could watch yeah. it together. Yes. I would watch it on HBO or stars. Uh, I would like, if it was on, I would turn it on and I would watch it and I would encourage people to see it, but I don't think I'll ever rent it. Yeah. So no. I think that, that kind of, I think that kind of coordinates to the, the barns we gave it. Yeah, I agree. I um, would also, if I ever saw it on VHS, I would definitely buy it. Yeah, I yeah, v- VHS for sure. I think you'd have to buy that because that'd be impossible. So if yeah. you're ever a place where that happens, uh, invite me there because I want to go to wherever that is. <laughs> okay, definitely. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make sure make sure you rewind it though before you before you put it back in the box. You can't commit the cardinal sin of not rewinding. Oh yeah, be kind. Rewind. Come on. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Don't forget it. Yeah. R.I.P. Blockbuster, baby. Never forget. Uh, yeah, pour one never out. forget. I pour one out <laughs> every daily. I pour one out. Uh, you know, sorry to see that. Uh, it's 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 sad when you see one of those old stores just just uh, with the, the tumbleweeds outside. Maybe someday, like hipsters, will bring it back for us. Like when oh, we're man. no long when we're no longer like in that hipster time frame period of our lives. That would be some. Will do it. That would be unbelievably hipster if they started a business that would assuredly fail. But they're just yeah. like, I don't care, man. Fuck loans and like fuck the establishment and like interest rates. I'm just gonna like open up a video rental store. That's how yeah, hipsters man. talk. Yeah. 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 Uh well unless unless Katie, you have any other closing thoughts on iTonia, uh we can do the outro. How do you feel? I have nothing else. I've had a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. Uh, wouldn't have any other way. Look forward to having you on again uh, as we as we review other movies. Uh, well, this is the Chief. That'll do it for episode three of In the Can, which is part of the Barn Burners Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to a couple of snooty assholes talk about films. Uh, check out other content at the hyphen barnburner.com. Got a ton of articles, got a ton of different stuff on there. I know Katie loves re- reading it, right, Katie? Heck yeah. Awesome. Uh, we hope everyone is gearing up to watch a Super Bowl at a party alone or a party full of people. Fuck birds. Hashtag fuck birds. Get ready to gorge <laughs> on like 10,000 different tips. Uh, like, and oh, and fire Tubby Smith. He lost another huge basketball game today. And it's, yeah, that and was, it's aggression cannot stand, man. That was dog shit. I could have yeah. coached better than him. Yeah. But I'm, I, I'm like I, not I, a horrible basketball coach. So, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, you, so that didn't have as much resonance, I feel like, yeah. as if someone doesn't even know basketball. But but I get what you're saying. I'm, I'm for it. I'm, I'm yeah. for you. I'm for hiring you. Cool. Uh, so check back later for Oscar picks. We'll be doing Oscar picks. Maybe, Katie, you will join us again. Love and uh, this is The Chief and Katie, and, and we're signing off. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. I can see me
Please, please.